Hi guys, welcome to a brand new season of Tell Me About It. I missed you guys a lot. Like it's very weird when I don't put out new episodes and I don't have those discussions with you guys afterward or I don't hear about your lives and what's going on in your lives or I don't get to tell you what's happening in mine. I feel a void, like it feels very empty. So I am thrilled beyond belief to be back. Also because we have an insanely incredible episode for you guys today. It's with Teffy, I won't bury the lead, but before we get into all that, I just want to give a shout out to those of you who might be new around here, and I wanna tell you what this show isn't before I tell you what this show is. So, this show is basically the antithesis of a success story or girl boss or aspirational podcast. Those are wonderful, and with all due respect, I just found those stories to be so exclusive. Like whenever I would listen to those podcasts or hear people talk about these things on Instagram, I just felt excluded. Whether they had what I thought was a perfect childhood or they had internships that I didn't or they had friendships or friend groups or lucky breaks or all that aspirational bullshit, not to sound bitter, but I just feel like Oftentimes, there's so much more to be learned from the hardships, the rejections, the anxieties, the insecurities, the obstacles that made the women that we admire who they are today, rather than the lucky breaks and the highlight reel. So this show isn't really an advice show either, although there definitely is some advice sprinkled in here and there, and there's definitely a lot to learn in every episode. What I really mean to say is it's not like a 10 steps to getting over your breakup kind of show, you know? Shows that offer that are great, and honestly miraculous if you have those kinds of answers, but I'm here to celebrate the fact that I am just as lost as you are. So instead, the guests that come on this show, and I, are just here to sit in the shit with you. So we can all find hope in the fact that we're not alone in feeling like shit about ourselves most days. Getting rejected or losing someone we loved. We may not have the answers, or we definitely don't have the answers, but hey, I strongly believe misery loves company and that sometimes that's enough. So if you've been here before, you know that I don't leave my house much. I mean, God, I'm not trying to sound like a shut-in, but for someone who notoriously doesn't love leaving their house a lot, I feel like I've been gone a lot. Like, I've been out of town a bunch and going to things, and I mean, I think we all are kind of. Like, I mean, I don't want to jinx us or anything, so like, but is COVID over, like, between us? I mean, I don't know. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx us, but I just, it's not really on anyone's radar and I'm a little worried, but like, hey, I'm going with it. I am going with it. I'm here to live my life. I was in Hawaii last week for a bunch of wedding stuff, which was so fun and cool and surreal and crazy. We can get into that later. But then I went to Ojai a couple days later for another wedding that I didn't leave early from. Thank you very much. And then next week, we're going to New York for another wedding. These are all Dylan's friends' weddings, by the way. He's like 30 and I'm 28, so I feel like his friends are really going through the wedding circuit and my friends are kind of just slowly starting, but damn, no one told me that my whole social schedule would be weddings or like baby things. I mean, God bless all these people that are finding love and procreating, but I mean, I I had this thought the other day when I was scrolling on Instagram. I don't know that I'm ready for my whole feed to turn into weddings and babies. Like right now, people are still like posting their nights out and like doing shit. And 
I just feel like slowly we're all inching toward posting wedding and baby content. Like whether you're a guest at a wedding and it's you and your date standing there smiling and you and the bridesmaids and you and the, it's like, oh my God. I mean, I'm just, I don't know that I'm ready for the turn, but I mean, this is really going to be hypocritical of me soon because I'm going to post wedding content and whatever just takes that turn and you never go back to the old feed you used to have. But I'm really excited because we're going to New York for this wedding, but then we're staying because my stepmom is opening a roller rink at Rockefeller Center, which is so, so exciting. She's been working so hard on it. Um, We're going to the opening and basically all the months that it's not a ice rink, so like all the non-winter months, it'll now be a roller rink, which is beyond exciting. So if you're in New York, go to Rockefeller Center and we'll be there next week for that opening. So yeah, out and about doing things like COVID question mark. That's really all that's going on. I'll get really into what's going on in my life in a solo episode that we'll do next week, but we'll save that for then. So to kick off our new season, TikTok sensation and Coral Gables queen, Teffy, stopped by to commiserate with me. And so for those of you who don't know what Coral Gables is, first of all, go. I mean, It's basically Coral Gables is the city in Miami that University of Miami is in. So like I went to college at University of Miami, but Teffy went to high school in Coral Gables. So we knew a lot of the same places and we're just comparing notes. So we kind of just gave you a Coral Gables travel recommendations list. You're welcome. Go to Havana Harry's. It's my favorite restaurant in the whole world. I I say it like 15 times in this episode, but just I, I will die on that hill. You have to go. So Teffy and I covered a lot of topics, one of them being comparison and seeing other people reach goals that you might have wanted to reach yourself. We all know like that ugly green monster that like comes out, makes you like have that pit in your stomach. Isn't it weird that it's like often you don't even want what the other person had. It's just the fact that they had an advancement in their career or in their life. It's just jealousy and it's an ugly, low vibration feeling, but we are all guilty of it. It's just jealousy, and it's like this horrible, like, acidic feeling. Anyway, we talked a lot about that. We talked about being depressed. Duh. Teffy actually opened up for the very first time about having to break off her engagement and how impossible that was. She opened up about her experience with disordered eating, and I'm so appreciative because she talked about it in a way that was really refreshing, and I honestly hadn't heard some of the things that she'd said, said before, um, and they really resonated with me, so I think they will with you. If you haven't heard about Teffy, I hadn't either before a few weeks ago, honestly, but my friend Molly told me about her, and I fell completely in love, which you will too after listening to this episode. She's just like this spitfire, honest, anxious and depressed, which we love, who's so real, and she is just like the best friend you want to have. And I loved, loved, loved talking to her. We talked about being mean to other people most of the time because we're actually really mean to ourselves. Oh, and we talked about nose jobs, the real kind and the filler kind too. And I gave Teffy some post-op advice from experience. But if you don't know who Teffy is, let me give you a little breakdown. Estefania Pesosa, a.k.a. Teffy, is an entertainer and expert as it relates to all things pop culture. Her on-air work as correspondent for TikTok and InStyle and digital content creation are both captivating and extremely infectious, all while remaining authentic to her Latina Miami roots. Teffy's authentic, witty personality, 
Raw vulnerability and wise advice have all cemented her as one of today's most sought-after social media mavericks, boasting a combined following of over 1.5 million followers. As she continues to grow, her focus transcends beyond comedy and highlighting approachable confidence. She advocates for mental health and spreading kindness. She is truly incredible. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, here is Teffy. Hi, Teffy. How Hi. are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited that we're doing this. I'm excited too. I feel like you're here with me. Are you in New York? I'm in New York. You're not. No, I'm in LA. I, I could, <laughs> I mean, it looks nice. <laughs> What's the weather like over there right now? It's so bad. Is it? <laughs> and I'm also, yeah, it's just like, I sometimes I say things and I'm like, Teffy, relax. It's just the weather. You know what I mean? Like you'll yeah. be like, but you're depressed like me, right? Yeah, I have depression. So like the seasons and dark weather and stuff really affects mm-hmm. us too. Yeah, I like to say if you're stressy and depressy, clap your hands. When I'm alone, I go. <laughs> yes. Yay! I'm clapping along with you. But you are from Miami. I'm right? from Miami. I went mm-hmm. to University of Miami. <gasps> go Canes! I know. Go Canes! Right. Oh my God. Yeah. I grew up in Coral Gables. No way. Did you mm-hmm. go to that high, which high school did you go to? Coral Gables Senior High. Shut up. Cavaliers. Wait, yeah. okay. We have so much to talk about Coral Gables. Have you been to Havana Harry's? My favorite place in the have world. Have I been to Havana Harry's? The nap that you take after going to Havana Harry's. It's, why- you know, it's my favorite restaurant in, on the whole planet. That is so funny. I feel like I'm super fucked up because I grew up thinking that was a serving size. That's not a serving size. It's in, no. Can I tell you something really disgusting? So in college, first of all, you have to understand that I lived off of chicken vodka frita, which is like what we would order. So the serving sizes, like you said, are big. So I would take one and just eat it throughout one whole day. So like it would be breakfast, lunch. I mean, I think they opened at like 10. It'd be breakfast, lunch, dinner, like from the same container that I would just leave sitting out because God forbid you put it in the refrigerator that ruins the rice. And I would just like graze on it throughout the entire day. And it was like disgusting, but wonderful. You're better than me. You're better than me. I sat down like Brucey and Matilda. I was like, I'm going to (laughs) fucking eat this shit no matter what. I can't believe you're from Coral Gables. Yeah. I grew up I grew up going to St. Augustine. That's my church, the church Stop, on campus. Of course. <laughs> I had my communion there. Oh yeah. my She's God. a good Catholic girl. She's a Catholic girl. She's a So nice did Catholic you go girl. to like uh so like obviously Publix and everything, all all that good stuff. But <laughs> we're shopping is a pleasure. Yes. Exactly. And Zephyr Hills mm-hmm. is like the best water ever. I have to turn my Oh my God. I just realized there's no Zephyr Hills. There's no Zephyr you... Hills. Oh my God. I had never I've been in New York for almost 10 years. Yeah. I'm a water snob, so I, like, miss Zephyr Hills. Oh, my. I never put that together. Yeah. I'm spoiled. I'm a spoiled girl. What's, have you been to Bagel Emporium? Okay. We could go on for, like, three yes. hours. Okay. Yes. It's like and I good. thought those are the best bagels. I was telling yeah. people, have you been to Coral Bagels? Of course. Thank you. Of God. course. They have of a course. strawberry cream cheese that's amazing. And every time I tell it to people, they're like, you're disgusting. I'm like, if you don't know, no, it's then different. you don't know. It's yeah, different. it's just different. It's just di- – oh, my God. I just feel so connected to you that we love Havana Harry's. And then also I saw that – did you do nose filler? Because I've done that Abs- too. 
absolutely. That's yeah, it looks my religion. so good. It looks so good. I was literally just talking about this. I was talking about it because I didn't do anything to my face until I turned 30. Oh, wow. You're way better than me. I was like 23. Let's go. I was so – but I, I went bananas, right? So first – the first thing that I did is I got Botox and the liquid Rhino. But I was nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And, scary. Uh, I was nervous just because it, it's first time – needle well rhino is the most dangerous like injection right. to get in your face yeah i did not know that mm-hmm. i did not know that so i'm glad that i went in there blocked. yeah you gotta go you gotta go in literally blocked. yes <laughs> no literally but so because you can lose your vision yes. right so like there's a nerve here don't worry as soon as i posted it to tiktok everyone apparently everybody is a doctor oh jesus let's be clear teffy and i have no idea what we're talking about this is not medical advice They were like, be careful, you might go blind. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? And apparently, like, when you get a liquid rhino, they know it hit a nerve because you go blind immediately, but then they can dissolve it. Oh, no way. Yeah. So so I was like, okay, you motherfuckers. Oh, my God. People have been trying to freak me out. Well, I got my nose done. I got, like, I've had my nose actually operated on. And then I was getting filler after that because I wasn't happy, like, so happy with Mm -hmm. it. And people were like, I think maybe that's a little touchier because there's like weird, car- you know, like once someone's like yeah. opened your nose, maybe it's a different story. But right. that makes me feel better because I feel like people are just wanting to stop me from living, you know? Stop me from, they want to stop you from being beautiful. Yeah. Like, well, I think for me, I tried my whole life to like love my nose. And right. To I was love like, myself. Yes. I tried so hard and right. <laughs> and I hated my nose. I had like a, a, I had a bump at the top and then a bump right before the, and it, and I have what they call a bulbous nose. Same girl. I have a bulbous nose too. So I was at the, I was at the doctor and they were like, you know, at the tip of your nose, like usually like the cartilage goes in like a beetle, uh, like a beetle wing and my nose goes out like a beetle's flying. What the fuck, dude? What happened in the womb? I was like, mom, were you smoking cigarettes? My nose is bulbous and out. Like what's right. going and on? And then also, how are you supposed to just go home and like live life normally after that? How are you supposed to look at yourself in the mirror after someone has told you objectively all the things that you thought were true? And I feel like my whole life I was like, because I, we live in a digital world, right. I was so obsessed with my nose. And then once a girl that doesn't like you finds out you don't like something about yourself, they like really drill it in. So people were like, people would make fun of my nose and be like, b- people would say like, you're my favorite little witch, like a witch's nose. Oh, Such, ew. I know. So gross, but whatever. So anyway, when I went to get the liquid rhino, I loved it. So I was like, I can take pictures, whatever. And I, in my mind, I was like, I wish I could love my nose, like my family nose. Mm. And I looked around and I was like, none of you motherfuckers have this nose except for me. This is my family nose. Right. Whosoever's nose I don't know whose nose this is, but it sucks, you know? So I <laughs> I know I don't know who to blame for my nose yet either. My parents have been bouncing blame for my whole life. I mean, it's definitely my dad's side of the family because my dad's side of the family is Brazilian and Austrian. So <laughs> I have an Italian, so Italian noses are a thing too. So well, when I got the liquid rhino, I'm like obsessed with it and I go for touch ups all the time. Like it's never like fully dissolved, I'll like go get it touched up. So I finally made my rhino appointment for May eighteenth. I'm just gonna get my nose done. Like, fuck it. Hell yeah. And they're going to dissolve all the filler? Yeah, they have to dissolve it first. Yeah. Does that yeah. hurt? I've never had it dissolved. I've never had it dissolved either. I don't know. I'm like, oh I've God. been trying to keep it in. I've but been trying to keep it in. But how exciting, May 18th. Okay, just know that it takes for real a year to like really look like what it's going to look like. That's just my only word of caution. 
well, my team was like, what if you have events? Like, what if you have, like, then I go bandage up. That's so rock and roll. Oh, like, it's, are you fucking yeah. kidding? I mean, if you lived in LA, you go, you do everything. It's like proceed as usual. Like, if I have, like, brand deals and stuff, I'll do it with the bandages on. Like, I don't yeah. give a yeah. fuck. And they're like, oh, you're going to tell people? Was it Charlie D'Amelio that did that? Yeah. Was, that was mm-hmm. very rock and roll. I loved that of her. Sick. She was like, oh, you want to be private about it? I'm like, why? I'm not private about anything. I feel like my followers can track my cycle. Right. Like, please. So so let's talk about that and, like, confidence and the whole thing. Okay. So let's you did it. a TED Talk at University I of did. Miami. I was going to say. They declined me. They rejected me for undergrad. No and way. And how the turntables. Oh, I would have loved to be like, doing the TED Talk there. After That's amazing. That's a great full circle moment. Oh, do you want to hear a real Miami moment? Yeah, of course. I was, I was supposed to do it at the University of Miami, but a week before they called me and they're like, we're going to have to do it in New York because a fraternity had a super spreader event. Oh, and I was like, course. this is the most Miami shit Class. I've ever heard in my Yeah, life. My, my fiance is went to University of Miami, too. Um, <gasps> and we were both in the frat. Oh, God. It's like I cringe when I think of it. Greek. Greek life. We're, you yeah. know. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. My sorority has since been kicked off, though. So that's great. Oh, well, you well, know. So, But I still gave them – like I pretended it was still TEDx Miami. So I was like, you know, it's a little bit – but yeah, it was You can a, say you're welcome, University of Miami. You're welcome. Yeah. You are welcome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So in that TED Talk, you talked a lot about confidence and social media and all of that. As someone who's depressed and confident, I struggle with this dichotomy all the time because some days I don't feel like I, it's me in my head. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yesterday we were like bad bitch. We were like, you know, taking over the world. And today, like we can barely get out from under the covers. So how Mm -hmm. do you handle your bad days being like this beacon of hope for confidence? Well, one, I'm on Wellbutrin. That's why I'm on Lexapro. Yes. <laughs> so like when you're like, I'm confident and depressed, I'm like, and I'm also confident I have depression. Right. For yes, sure. Yes. Because the moment, I mean, there was a time when unfortunately I couldn't afford health insurance. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I, I, like, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't afford to go see a psychiatrist for like no, a real. year. And before, before that, when I knew it was coming up, like I was like, I'm going to have to stop being medicated. I, you get a little cocky, you know, you get a little cocky. You're like, I don't need it. I don't need this. And you're like, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat well. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to really bad. And this depression, like that was a phase, but I'm over it and I'm in a better place. Yo. <laughs> Isn't that a bitch? <laughs> I'm like, you know, when you feel drunk, you can feel like, answer it. Take it. No. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's my dad. I love it. He's, he's like, I heard you're talking about your nose again. No, but- <laughs> <laughs> oh, truly. Actually, though, you have no idea. Like, so with, um, you know, when you're drinking and like you can tell when you're drunk and like, you can kind of feel in your eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, depression is like that. You can tell, I can feel it in my eyeballs. I can, can feel the sadness. And I feel like I forgot what it was like to walk around on the verge of crying. At, like at, at, it's a. I feel like I try to describe it to people. It's like I am in the hole that Buffalo Bill built me in Signs of the Lambs, and <laughs> and instead of like fighting, you you sit down. Yeah, you're like you're like I can't. It. You have no I, energy. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. Like what's the point? What's what's the point? Like starts to circle back a lot, and it gets if you let it, 
if you feed into it, mm-hmm. you'll let it go to a scary place. And when I feel myself during that time, when I felt myself going into those places, I was like, oh, you're starting to fuck with yourself. Like you're starting to fuck with reality. Meaning I don't, there's a part of you that's always like, yo, chill. Even when you're depressed, there's a part yes. that's always like, chill out. Yo, chill. And that part of me, it was getting fainter and fainter. Yeah. But I remember hearing like myself be like, I don't think you're hearing things and seeing things the way that they're actually happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, boy, do I know what you mean? Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, what's the point? It's like, Teffy, you are late to work. People are right. late to work. What's the point? What's the point? And you think it's like, going to be forever. And you're like, this is just it. Like I'm throwing in the towel bed for life. It's over. Yeah. And what people don't understand too is like depression isn't something that like you walk around with. It bleeds into everything that you everything. do. So depressed dating. Are you fucking joking? I'm like, I don't even know. How do you do that? And the people you attract. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like the people that you surround yourself with when you're sad, they're either sad too or they like it. Totally. So I had to look around. So when I started getting, when I got a job, when I got a job that gave me health insurance again, it's the first thing that I did, you know, like they're like a doctor's appointment already. And I'm like, I know I've been here for two hours, but I gotta go. I gotta go. You're like, I'm actually only here for the health Literally. Insurance. And it takes three weeks. It takes two right. to three weeks. Right. So sometimes like my friends will be like, oh, I gotta, I'm, I'm in such a bad place. And someone's like, just get medic- medicated. I'm like, it's so, it's so much more than that. And I'm lucky that I only I've only ever been on Wellbutrin. My friends you have are tried lucky. so lo- people have tried a lot of shit. I have tried so much shit. I had a seizure on because I was on too no. high of a dose. Yeah. Oh my god. You had yeah. a seizure? Yeah. It happens to like zero point zero, you know, whatever percent of people. Yeah, I started scratching my head. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I've been on it for like six years. No, because some people it just works. Like that's the thing though that's so fucking frustrating that people don't get is it's like when we had to find our birth control that didn't make you cry every second or blow up. Fuck yes. But it's impossible. It's really hard and it's different than your period. I mean, period also has mental Mm -hmm. side effects and Mm -hmm. stuff. But this shit will make you lose your mind like when you're yeah. when you're not on the right meds or you're on the wrong cocktail maybe that's the wrong word of medications yeah it'll really make it, you see christ it'll fucking it, it just when i tell you like it alters the way that you absorb people and the way that people absorb you and i feel like there was such a long time where it's so weird when it lifts when it lifts isn't it trippy and you're like it's oh trippy. my god i can like text people again and oh my god i have like this will to live i want to shower i want to pick up this piece of trash that's been sitting here for five weeks it's or nuts. i'm excited i'm excited to do something or i feel capable you know what i mean but uh, what fucked me up too it made it longer for me is that what do people do when they're sad like what do you do with your sad friend my friends take me on drinking mm-hmm. and alcohol is a depressant you're telling so, me I would be in such a bad cycle. And then the next day, and I wouldn't eat all day because I'm depressed. So I'd get so fucked up and I'd make up, I'd make so many bad decisions or I'd embarrass myself and the shame. So in the morning. And it was a cycle that I was like, yo, you're, you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to be, you're have to, you're gonna have to move back to Miami. You're gonna have to live with your mom. Like it was just a place. But then luckily, you know, I had, I got health insurance. But when I tell you, that if I think about, I think about this all the time with like pilgrims and like, uh, like uh, the middle ages, 
without azo for a uti and my fucking uh, antidepressants right. it would have been a wrap for your girl it would have been a wrap for your girl it's really crazy that people ever did this without medication a yeast infection oh my god no a yeast infection I, I don't know what i'd wrap like i don't Yo, know what i'd give up first which I medication have insurance for so long that my gynecologist is like you gotta stop putting garlic up there i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm stressed. And you know, like when you're depressed, it can create BV or a yeast infection. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not even, do- I'm not even having sex with people. I'm not even going to the pool. Right. I'm not sitting in a bikini bottom. You're just living life. Just you're just living. depressed. Just and you know what makes depression worse? A UTI. Ooh. Oh my. And you're just like crying on the toilet because oh. it's the only time it doesn't hurt. Oh, I sh- like shudder at the thought. That's like horrific. You're sober now, right? No, 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 oh, you're no. Not. I'm not sober. But I was. I, I think there was a point with the pandemic where I was just like, I'm drinking so totally. much. And I, and I scared myself. I scared myself because I was like, I was like looking for, I feel like your body is always trying to make you happy. Right. So I was a smoker growing up. Right. I would, I, I, it's crazy to me that people in Miami still know me as a chain smoker. It's crazy. Oh, not really? the band. On this, uh, on um, US One or not? What is it? Yeah. Oh Ponce. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on Ponce Leon Boulevard. Yeah, Ponce de Leon, yes. <laughs> I'm a Merrick so, Park I, girl myself. I that's where I lived for all three years. That my first job was at Jessica Tour Merrick Park. Stop. Mm-hmm. Did you go to Villaggio? Of course I did for the Barada. Yes, yes and so yard good. yard house for beer. Yes. Yeah, okay, so good. Okay, so good. But I remember what I was going to say chain smoking oh people know me as a smoker yeah like yes i would smoke when i get into my car so for a long time when i kicked the habit i would still get into a car to drive and i'd be like why do i want a cigarette right so for during the pandemic with alcohol like five or six would happen and i'd be like why do i want a glass of wine so bad and i would look (laughs) and i would get so obliterated right totally and and because i wasn't a big drinker before either like i would i was i would party but to have like a bottle of wine a day, like who the fuck do I think I am? Yeah. But that was a lot of people. Like I was smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. I was watching TV. I was eating. And I was like, yo, I got to stop washing these jeans. They're so tight. That's one thing. <laughs> no. Isn't it insane? In the pandemic, I will never forget how many times I blamed the drying machine. Uh, I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with my my pants all don't fit. It was- Like, I told you not to put these in the dryer. (laughs) No, I was like, I I told my friends, because the first time that we were going to get together during the pandemic, like, was for my friend's birthday. We were going to go to an Airbnb, get tested and go to an Airbnb, like, in Long Island. I asked if it was the Hamptons. yo, I look different. It's not the Hamptons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, before I walk in, I want you guys to know, I was not stung by 1 million bees. <laughs> it is, I'm telling you, I gained 30 pounds. So I was It was depressed. bleak out there. I didn't have any sunlight. I'm a Miami girl. I'm a Miami girl. I didn't have any freaking sunlight. I didn't have, I, I couldn't work out because I even lived in a building with a gym, couldn't work out. And I was doing yoga. So I burned what, three calories <laughs> for an hour of yoga. Okay. And I was drinking so Don't much. tell me that. That's my only source of exercise. For me, like the way that my metabolism was set up, if it doesn't look like I just fought a Dementor <laughs> from Harry Potter, with my it's not working. Hands, it's not working. Like literally, I I'll look at these workouts and they're like low resistance. I'm like low resistance. What I lo- I'm I'm Latina. Are you good at working out? Like I have the endurance of a snail. Like I don't even know if snails have bad endurance, but I have like horrible endurance. 
I I feel like I'm 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 pretty athletic. Okay. I'm pretty athletic. I sound like Khloe Kardashian. I'm actually very athletic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like the consistency for me is hard because I work from home and once once I'm in the stride of it, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go to the gym. Um, I've started spinning recently. Um, it's really fucking my mind up though, because they put your rank on the fu- why no one should know yeah I'm not that's trying. horrific that is true that's humiliating what i know what you know that i'm trying this little yeah, that, that's that, none, that's no one's business why do they do that they think it's like motivational or some shit i have no idea but i was like what you don't know what i'm going through you don't know if i want to do like a, a stroll in central park vibe right like you don't know and but now but then there's like i i'll never recently i went to the spinning class and there were 16 people when i tell you I gave it – I thought I was representing America and Colombia and Brazil, all right? I was representing the world. I was representing everybody that I've ever met, the whole okay? team on your back. <laughs> and there's this – and I'm next to this woman, and she's pretty fit, but she's an elderly woman, right? So I'm just like, you know what, Tuffy, at the end of the day, <laughs> just – she's going to be she's gonna be below you, and that's going to be okay. And just you, if you need to take that for a confidence boost today, take it. When I tell you I was 12 out of 16 and this woman was 11. Oh, my God. What was she doing? Isn't that crazy? Some people are just built like that. I swear to God, some things are just genetics or whatever. I can't do it. I went with my best friend. My best friend is 90 pounds wet, okay? And she is a size, like, like Jean, like 22. She's a size negative four. Baby, yes. When I tell you I went with her. And they they measure resistance too, and because that's power. Like the oh power my god! Oh, They're, so stupid. They have all ugh. narcs. Narcs. Is yeah, what they are. narcs. So I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at the board, and she doesn't realize because she's a Pisces rising. We can talk about that later, but she doesn't. She has no idea what's going on. She's probably thinking about like, what if I was a fairy? Literally. <laughs> so she's just cycling, and they're playing good music, and I'm looking at her. And I'm looking at the board, and this bitch is top three, and I'm and I when I tell you again. I'm I'm running like my house is on fire. I'm right. like on the bike, you know, and my cat is locked inside my house. I'm doing everything that I can. And I look at her and she keeps looking at me and she's like, what? Like, like as if I'm telling her she's doing something wrong. And she looks away. I'm like, Molly. And she looks at me again and she's like, I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, you're top three. And she's like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. And afterwards, she calls me and she's like, Oh my god! Do you know that they were measuring our statistics? Oh my! And I said, I feel like my whole life is based around. I said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's the reason I take the class, and you know. And she's like, "Do you know that I was top two in the whole class?" I said, "Excuse me, excuse oh me." My god. The top one was Ed B. I don't know who the fuck he is, but he's in every <laughs> class. I can't. I can never spot him. But he's been going there since the fucking studio opened. <laughs> he's my arch nemesis. I think it's Arch. Whatever. He's whatever. my nemesis. <laughs> He's my enemy. Every time I see Ed B, I'm ever in the street and they're like, hey, what's up? I'm Ed B. I'm like, fuck you, dude. What if it's like an alias and it's secretly like a real actual like cyclist? What a mother. Like it's Lance in a wig. Lance is in a wig. Yeah. Go, go ruin somebody else's day. Exactly. But I'm sensing two things. One, I know for certain already, which is that you're a cancer, right? For sure. Yes. So I'm a cancer rising. So I feel oh, you. We're you like, our river runs deep. We feel things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you a perfectionist? I'm a Virgo rising. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I caught I a Beyonce, a Beyonce rising. I grew up telling my mom, uh, she's like, why are you so messy? I'm like, it's not that I'm messy. 
It's that I'll never get it perfect, so I'm not going to do it at all. Uh-huh. Quit while you're behind. It's a little sick. Yeah. I also had a terrible eating disorder for like 15 years, so that mm-hmm. also was like... Well, that's perfectionism. Yeah. Somebody told me something. I think I heard it on TV. You cannot improve what you cannot measure. And I think right there, that ruined my fucking life. Oh, my God. Ruined my life. Yeah, that's terrible because you can measure a lot of things. You can measure everything if you (laughs) You want to. Yeah. I've tried. That's really – that's a sick piece of advice. Well, I think also like when it comes to mental health and being a perfectionist, the idea that human beings make mistakes except for you. Oh, my God. You know? Like – Totally. I used to listen to other people be like, not everyone's going to like you. And I'd be like, yeah, because you're boring. Or like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, because like you're stupid. I'm like, that's like, who are you talking to? I took it as like a fucking challenge. Like I'd be like, oh, no, I will make them like me. So like – Absolutely. Is it a point that you get to with confidence? Are you like, here I am, Lord, I'm confident? Or is it a daily up and down? I mean, I think for one – I think I was just like, I try to go back to the point where I like, I chose because it's a decision. You have to decide when people say like, I used to think about that all the time when people are like, you have to decide to be happy. I'm like, that, that's not true. That bullshit drives me fucking crazy. I, I know. And, but, but now I look back and I'm like, it's, uh, if you decide to be happy though, at least you're working true. towards being happy. So you might not get there, but at least you're no, it's real. It just drives me fucking crazy. Fucking I'm nuts. like, you're not mentally ill. You don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, uh, so I think it was, it was kind of when I got the, I got the YouTube show. Mm-hmm. No, I think I was in rehab. <laughs> I was in rehab and I just like, couldn't get a, I, I had lost control. So mm-hmm. when people are, I think when people think, um, you go to rehab for eating for like disordered eating. You must be very thin. It's not it. It was just like the tricks weren't working anymore. Yeah, no, that's real. It like in I was losing control. So it wasn't even about my body anymore. It was like my mental state of like I cannot it's like it's like trying to grab onto a rope and it's wet, like slippery. Like I like I was like I've been doing this for so long, why isn't it working? Mm-hmm. You mean like the diets, the whatever everything. Yeah. The lifestyle. It is mm-hmm. a lifestyle. It's a it's a lifestyle of hiding and sneakiness. And I feel like that also bleeds into your dating life and your how you work. Like you want to see how much you can get away with all the time because uh-huh. you're getting away with something. It's like addiction in some ways. Absolutely. Like when I talk, when people talk about addiction, when people talk about alcoholism, all these things, they always say like when you're with somebody with an addiction, like it's going to be the three of you, you, mm-hmm. the person and the addiction. And the addiction is telling that person why they're trying to, they're trying to keep us apart and we love mm-hmm. each other. And I feel that way about food, but at the time, I remember telling my uh, my therapist, like, alcoholics and drug addicts, like, you can block your dealer, not go to the street corner, or not hang out with those friends anymore, right? And you can not go to the bar. You can pour out the bottles, but I have to eat. Right. I've always thought about that. Tell me about that. Like, so I, th- I think it was just because as being a perfectionist, like, even as a child, mm-hmm. I've talked about a little before where I felt like I was always almost pretty. Mm. I was almost pretty. Like it was always, it was never enough, but I don't mean like weight wise. I mean like, like pretty wise. I, I was think never. so many people feel like that. Yes. And I, and it's crazy because I also grew up in a time where it's like, love yourself, mm-hmm. not too much. Whoa. Right. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, you know, so I feel, and I, and Y2K is, was also a time where your clothes were not the 
fashion statement your body was, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, why can't you count? I'm like, I was focusing on getting protruding hip bones. I was trying to look like a carcass. Right. And we grew up with the, like, Misha Barton, Nicole Richie, waif thin girls. Lindsay. Like, that's, right. That's what, what was in when we were growing up. Well, I mean, Rachel Zoe, right? right. She wouldn't, she wouldn't right. dress you if you were over 100 pounds. That's what people said. And so, and for me, I'm a Latin person. I am 5'7". I mean, I have size 10 feet. Those are alone seven pounds, right? Like it's never, you know, but <laughs> I the, love it. The, the two words, ru- like I think really ruined my self-esteem growing up. And I heard it for the first time on Perez Hilton. It was thigh gap. Oh my God. And it fucked me up because I feel like I was at that time, 14, 15, you know, um, you start to realize that boys talk to other girls mm-hmm. like you start to lose control your body changes um you know like the, uh, I changed schools you know like I, I I was fighting with my mom all the time because I'm a teenager I just felt and I also had undiagnosed ADD so people were able to like absorb these concepts or like l- even composition like comprehension and composition like I me, you're my soulmate. Me too. I have ADD and depression too. Yes. Me too. So I'm on Vyvanse and Wellbutrin and I've been doing that forever and it works. But uh, there's a time when I look back and I very much thought I was stupid, right? I thought I was dumb. Um, even though I knew that I could make people laugh and I and I had humor and I could, I could speak to people, like public speaking has never been an issue for me. But when it came to like remembering things or putting things into work, I just could not do it. I could not understand. And I felt like my brain was like 88 windows tabs open all the time. And I'm trying to, it's so bad. So I felt so dumb. So I felt like, listen, you're not smart. And your boyfriend is cheating on you. Like he's paid to do it. (laughs) So paid to do it. He's, he's clocked in. Right. So I started doing this pattern of like binging, purging or not eating at all. Mm -hmm. And my mom is a single mom that worked like an absolute animal. I don't know how she never missed like a dance recital oh, or a play. Yeah. But I, I climb a flight of stairs. I'm winded. I'm like, I'm staying in for the rest of the day. She no, had like that's three incredible. kids. Yeah. And, and abs. She had enough time Forget to work it. out. Stupid. Enough. And a career. Stupid. Oh my God. So stupid. So I remember just being like, I am going to change the way that I look. And I, and people treated me differently mm-hmm. and people treated that's, me differently. That's the part, the shitty part. And, and people looked at me as though I had like this, um, like this admirable like discipline. So I got ex- I got addicted to the uh, uh, endorphins of working out all the time. You know, that's one. Two, I got addicted to feeling like I was doing like a Sims cheat code, mm-hmm. like the rosebud. You know, like, oh my god, I was so addicted to it. And then I was also like the control of like the satisfaction of being like another day where I, and I can't wait to see what I weigh tomorrow, you know, like that kind of the anticipation, like goals, the goals. That totally. Like, because I wasn't working on anything else. I didn't have any sports. Um, I didn't have any like, um, like intellectual achievements or whatever like that. So this was my thing. This was my thing. This right. my thing. But it takes up a shit ton of brain power. So that can be your only thing. I, I, there's nothing else that you can do. Like a, you're, constantly trying to convince your body that it's being nourished and it's not constantly. Right. So then finally, I think it got to a point where I was drinking 
I was drinking 24, like me and a boyfriend had broken up and I was drinking all the time. And I was going out with people that like really didn't care if I lived or died. Like I look back and I'm like, that was crazy. And so I was binging at night and I was gaining all this weight and I couldn't get it. And I was waking up and missing my workout time and my, you know, like all this, my schedule, my, and I was literally losing hair over it. I was mm. so stressed out. And my mom travels every four weeks. Right. So, cause she doesn't, her clients are international. Okay. So she, she, uh, traveled the most to Colombia because she's smart. She wants to go home all the time. So she's always going to Colombia. And I told my mom, like, dude, if you leave, if you leave this time, I'm scared. Like I'm scaring myself. And she's like, okay, so come with me. And she took, it, that's one thing of when people talk about like Hispanic parents or like parents who are like very traditional. My mom is very traditional, like, like the Latin mom. Like when you, if Fran Drescher was Colombian. Yes. Oh my God. You know, that's like, incredible. That's my mom. But when people say like, oh, Hispanic families don't believe in mental health. My mom believed me and she took me right to a, a doctor in Colombia. Wow. And she was like, what do we do? And they gave all these recommendations and this rehab facility where like you learn how, how to How old cook. were you? It was 20, 22. 22. Okay. I was 22. And there were girls there also that are just like nine, mm-hmm. nine, not eating, refusing to eat. Like, so you get to meet people who are like you, but you also get to step out of your body and be like, dude, you're like, I look at these little girls, like they're like 11. I'm like, you're fucking beautiful. I know. I know. Like you're fucking beautiful. And like this thing that this person that you want to look like this Misha Barton person, like, you know what I mean? Or this, or this Tumblr girl, this like 15 year old English girl, like I can promise you because I've been her. She's fucking miserable. I can promise you she's miserable. Promise you. But like, I think something else culturally happened to me where like, since I'm Latin and we bond over food, I was so disconnected culturally with myself and like my identity, I was floating alone. So usually when I think about like the support in my life, I think about like my community, I had detached myself so much because we were no longer breaking bread together. Right. Right. And probably all you could think of while you were even sitting at that table was not eating the bread, not, you know. Right. Or like, how do I get up or whatever? But Mm -hmm. then when I was in Colombia, I was with people who come from a country that I love and that my family's from and breaking bread and laughing. And that was really the first time that I saw little girls look up to me. And that's when that started for me talking about like, and they loved pop culture because they were sick. Right. Because they, they were watching these girls. Of course. Of so course. that was the first time that I started talking about pop culture and like mental health together. Wow. Yeah. So that that's super interesting because I wonder like as someone with depression and perfectionism and a history of disordered eating, like social media sounds to anyone, by the way, like hell Mm -hmm. on earth. But I feel like if your first introduction to it was the connection aspect of it, then like that would make it a more inviting place to be. When you're on social media today, are you most inclined to compare yourself to other people professionally, physically, or personally? Not at all. And that took, and, but I did like, so when I tell people like, I'm, I I don't do that. They look at me and I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, the reason I talk about confidence so much is because I didn't have it for so long. Yeah. Like, so I think something for me professionally, I think, especially when you're starting off as a small creator, the envy, especially when you can recognize the people that started around the same time as you Mm -hmm. start getting opportunities, that envy is really real. Um, obviously I, I mean, I started getting 
I start, I signed up for MySpace when I was 15, but I can't imagine having it at 11. I feel like the moment as a woman, cause I've only been a woman, like a young Latin woman. I, so I can only speak to that, but the moment an adult or somebody else makes you aware of your body, your childhood's mm-hmm. over. It's, it's true. Over. So at least I had till 15, at least I had that, you know, like, I feel like kids don't even have that today. No, that is so true. Like you can never, ever, ever get that innocence back. Once you are made aware of your body, that is the end of your childhood. You're absolutely right. Back to your thigh gap. I feel like two phrases that we that were tossed around so much when we were growing up, thigh gap and blue balls have yeah. turned out to be the mo- two of the most detrimental things bullshit. and they're myths. They're both made up bullshit myths. Myths. Yeah, blue balls. Get the fuck get Please. out of here. Like I believed that until I was like 25 years old, straight up. My high school boyfriend told me that his dad told him that if he has just eaten and gets a boner and he doesn't release it, that he could have an intestinal blockage. <laughs> and I believed him. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so You're sorry. Like, we got to take care of that, right? My, oh, my God, we can't I can't afford to take you to the hospital. I'm 16. So we got to do something about this. Isn't like, that literally insane. Insane. If I had said it to a man. Right. My vagina is blue. Yeah, they'd be like, good <laughs> luck with that. They would, First of all, they wouldn't even know how to relieve you, probably, yeah. in the first place. Have you seen that meme that's like, girl gives guy a blowjob. Guy, did you come? Yes. Like, literally. <laughs> yes. Literally. It's so true. It's so fucked. But with, a, yeah, with the thigh gap, for sure, like, fuck me up because we were doing skinny jeans, mm. which is insane oh, to me. I'm so glad those are over. I'm I hope sorry. they stay out. Like, trends are trends, and I'm glad that I lived in a time where, you know, I love the Juicy Couture velour suit with the Frappuccino yes. and the small dog and the convertible buggy. I love that. I love that that is where we grew up or whatever. But there are also parts of that culture where, like, I – this is so fucking toxic. We were so obsessed. Toxic. We were obsessed with people being tall, skinny, white, blonde, and mean. Uh-huh. Paris Hilton and Regina George. Like, Regina George is modeled after pra- Paris Hilton. Right. Like, what what they thought she was. I think she's actually an angel. Right. And we fucking loved it. We fucking ate it up. So, I, so for us, I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I do not look. I remember from Maxim's Hot 100, they gave us Megan Fox's measurements. And I had it in my iPhone app until, like, four years ago. Oh, my God. No, but that's fucking real. Real. Like, it's yes. real. Yes. Her, her waist was 23, a 23-inch waist. And, she's, and they said she's my height. I saw her in real life. She she's fall over. Too. That's, like, physically impossible. <laughs> like, people are so, – so everything was so exaggerated. And, like, the Maxim Hot 102, like, I remember in, like, 2005, I think, like, Lindsay Lohan was it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, no, it wasn't Lindsay. It was Jessica Alba. I'm sick. Oh, classic. No, but I love that you can remember that. But like watching, it's just truly that uh, that uh, quote. I forget where it's from. I think it's I think it's from Jennifer's Body. Hell is a teenage girl. It's true. Uh, so much of the way that I, uh, like the way that I date people, I wonder if it's because of the things that I learned from dating when I was 15. And there's, it's like with drinking too. Why am I dating and drinking like I would when I was 15? Like I'm 31, right? So with with drinking, like, why am I chugging to get drunk as if the cops are going to raid this house party? <laughs> I'm at a bar. Do you find that some drinks, like, make you – like, red wine for me makes me angry, like fights. 
Oh, yeah. It makes me so mad. Different alcohols make you feel different. Maybe I'm like the last person to realize this. but No, no, no. I, I, I only drink white wine and tequila. That's all that I drink. Me too. That's all I'll drink. And I have wine drops because sometimes it gives me a little head. So there's tannins in wine, right? Like the residue, the chemicals or whatever. And you get these wine drops and they cancel them out. So you don't get the headache or the bloat. I know. Like on Amazon or what? On Amazon. I've had it for seven days. Best seven days of my life. (gasps) Oh my God. You just changed my life. I'm so excited. I had a sip of red wine. Usually I have a sip of red wine and I look like violets turning violet like immediately. (laughs) immediately i had i had a sip of wine i sat down i was like oh my god that's i feel fine i feel incredible oh my god i know i need to do that okay i'm getting buying that we'll put in the show notes they're called wine drops from wine drops yeah it's pretty easy so good but yeah so i feel like with drinking and dating like we're doing things that we learned from when we were 15 and like like even the rules of like well don't call him why am i treating him like he's a 15 year old boy with a mm-hmm. with a bad attention span he's a grown man this man is 34 years old 35 years old whatever right how did you meet your boyfriend <laughs> how did you know i have a boyfriend don't you I, isn't it on social media <laughs> i was engaged but okay I broke you it were off. engaged okay but you know what i think that that is truly one of the bravest things someone can do I do feel like a big girl, but I also, I also say this when I start dating somebody, I also say, and I feel like a lot of women can relate. I can be strong girl. If you want me to be strong girl, I can be strong girl. I can pick myself and I can pick myself up and tell you to fuck off. Please don't make me do that. I really, I really want it to work. Like I really, if you, if you make me be strong girl, I'll do it, but I'll fucking hate it. Right. But breaking off an engagement is not for the faint of heart. It's just, I think you just gotta, this is, this is what it is. You got to look at the person that you're with and you got to see your life with this person 10 years from now. And if you feel like you have to brace yourself, that's not it. Right. That's not it. I was with somebody, I was with somebody who I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody, any of my friends to date, but Mm -hmm. I just wanted to work so bad. And it's really hard knowing that there are men, I think women were forced to like face ourselves at an early age. We're, we're forced to know ourselves because from a young age, we have to prepare for mo- motherhood at some point. Like we're going to raise children. So we have to know ourselves. There are so many men in their like mid thirties. that have no idea who they are. They only know what feels good. And it's crazy to me. So I, and I've never really like talked about it. I just feel like, I feel like the way, you know what, the way that people act when you're not looking matters the most mm-hmm. it matters the most and i don't even mean that in a way of like like fucking other people i mean that in the way that um like the way that they the way that they talk about you or the way that they the way that they let people talk about you or the way that they tell people like uh you know it's not that serious it's it's fine like the way that they lie about you the way that they tell people your business but i think for me the biggest thing was the last thing i'm going to let somebody do is make me feel like I have I like I have a responsibility to raise you. Right. I'm not going to raise you. I'm Good sorry. for you for realizing that because a lot of women are like, oh, I'll save you. Sure. This sounds fun when you're 25. And then when you're 45 and have other things, yeah. it's not as cute. I feel like you just got to look at yourself in your relationship and be like, do I feel lucky still? Right. Do I feel lucky? Do I feel special? Do I feel like, wow, I'm so happy we found each other? Or do I feel like, fuck, 
dude. Mm-hmm. This sucks. And it's weird for me because I feel like men also like haven't been faced with a lot of like consequences in their life. So when men are like, how could you do this to me? I'm like, you mean consequence? Right. You're like, oh, what men have been doing to women forever? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you don't like it when, when we pull a you on you, you right. know? It's something that really fucked me up. And I think every relationship I've, I've only been broken up with. No, I've never been broken up with, but mm-hmm. I've, but I will say like, I've been, I've broken up with someone before because they said like, oh, I'm never going to love you. So I don't want to say like, I've never, uh-huh. like, yes. you know what I mean? But sometimes men do it a lot. They'll force your hand because they just don't want to do it. So let me make you do right, it. Right, right, right. So exactly. So there's persons like, I can give you everything you want, but I just, I, I'll never <laughs> feel those feelings for you. I'm like, okay, yeah. so I'm getting the fuck right. out of here. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Thanks. He's like, so, but that's true because years later he was like, well, you left me. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Oh my God. So stupid. But I'm like, okay, okay, dude. Yeah, I left you. Blah, 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 blah. But I think um, it's weird when you're looking at somebody and they're like, and I'm like, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, who, who, what do you like to do? Like, what are your hobbies? Like when no one is looking, how do you feel enjoyment? You know what I mean? Like, um, if somebody were to describe you to somebody, what words do you think they would use? Why do you like that? Mm. Identity wise, like, where do you, what do you, if you had to describe yourself to me, how would you describe yourself? Like, who are you? Who are you? And if I had to do that, I could do it. But I was looking at someone who I was, I almost married someone who only, who loved the way that I loved them. And thought they didn't have to be likable anymore because oh, I was Jesus. doing it for them because they just were, I was doing the inner, I was the face, you know what I mean? So they didn't have to work to be likable anymore. And they whole, their whole life depended on people liking them and feeling and, and feeling like they were desired all the time. Mm. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something, there's attention and there's cheap attention. And if you are so easily swayed, like I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? Because that is a bottomless pit. Because then I'm not lucky. There will never be enough attention for that. You know what I mean? Or like admiration or adoration or anything. Did you have to give back the ring? Uh, I think he stole it. I think he <gasps> took it. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I was not with like this amazing person. Like, <laughs> I always just wonder about that. Like, do you get? Do you do that? Do you give it back? Mm-hmm. What do you do? I think that you should give it back but i think in those situations it's amicable yeah where i was like yo get the fuck out of my house like (laughs) you gotta get the fuck out of my house like i can't like love i love you will always like i want well good for you but like i've spent so much time for you just to like humiliate me in so many different ways and uh and and lie and just lie but i feel like i was starting to be a liar but what kills me and i feel like a lot of women feel this way too they don't think we're capable of doing it. Once we, once we post the relationship or like, or that we take care of them so well and we've always been like yes. nice and like a loving, they don't think that we're able to. And I'm like, it's oh, you're true. very confused. You're very, very confused. No, you got to remind them. You got to be like, I can leave anytime I want. Maybe that's not a healthy way to be. Absolutely. No, it's not, it's not, it's not about health or whatever. It's like, it's like, um, I guess it's, my mom always says, like, remember who the fuck you are, right? Right. Remember? Yes. I love that. But you got to look at somebody and be like, who the fuck do you think you are? Right. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Because people t- start to feel entitled to you, like, the more the longer they spend with you, you know? So they just yeah. feel like, oh, okay, like, 
it's going to be really hard for her to leave. They just get lazy. They get complacent about like trying to make the relationship good for you too. Yeah. And as women too, like when we say like, remember who the fuck you are, like we have survived media telling us we're just good to have babies that were ugly, that were fat, that were stupid, that will never make as much money as other people that were like, were replaceable. You think you can hurt my feelings? It's true. Like to look at a man who's trying to make you forget who you are and to look back and be like, you have no idea what I've been through, that this is like a pebble to a brick. Like, like no, nothing's going to happen. Right. Nothing's going to happen here. But I do see a lot. There is a, I haven't talked about, like, I'm, I will never talk about specifics because I don't think it's just my story. Of course. I don't think that's yes. fair. I totally agree with that. Even, oh, I got to say though, sometimes. Sometimes when a person really tries it, I'm like, don't do it. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. Michelle Obama said, Michelle LeVon Robinson yeah, Obama exactly. said, when they go low. We go high. Yes. And I'm trying so hard. But, I know. But God bless you. We won't, we won't go into day. details. Yeah. But I do feel like when I look back, I definitely, I, there was a decision that I made. Like there was a decision that I made about being public with my relationship. You know what I mean? Like there was, there's a decision, especially like posting the ring, you know what I mean? And then when I called it off, uh, there, that was a decision that I made to not post about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I see people online talking about it and I love that they're so open. That's amazing. I'm open in many different ways. I'll talk to you about whatever you want, but when it comes to other people's stories, I won't. Okay, let's unpack that for two seconds because that's Mm -hmm. really important because that's hard. Like, especially for me, like my whole podcast is about being open, but so much of my life involves other people. And sometimes they're not ready to tell their story, but it's like a big part of my life. How do you balance that? And how did you balance not telling your audience you were going through a breakup and then posting normal shit? I feel like no matter how much somebody wants to like be disrespectful towards me, I still look at people and I'm like, that's somebody's son. A hundred percent. I do it out of kindness, you know, because I don't want someone to ask the other person what happened and you have to live with that too. But also it's, uh, it's just not my, I do believe that the way that I remember things is the way that I remember things. Cause I was in my body. Right. You know? There's his story, your story and the truth. Exactly. So, and I don't want to, I don't want to open the internet up for debate. Totally. You know, it's a, it, cause my truth is my truth and I'm not going to give somebody the opportunity to try to shake that. And Drake has that, Drake has that quote that I love without a response, you really fail to exist. Mm-hmm. And I live by that. Mm-hmm. So there's, there are things that I will always share, but I, uh, I would have never posted my relationship if I was not engaged. I would have never posted that. So you still don't post your relationships. Right. Like I am with somebody new, but I'm not going to post about it in the way that I did. Of course, I'm going to say happy birthday, you know, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed that frenzy because that was insane to me. How people were like, Hey, um, where's, why did you guys break up? And I'm like, you're, you're 22 and you live in Kansas. (laughs) You're like, why am I answering you? You Like I just, and people are like, Oh, but you talk about other people's stories. You know what? The the moment that relationship comes out in a tabloid, I'll talk about it. Right. But that's a sign of confidence too, is a boundary is being like, I, I'm still one of the most open girls. And I talk to you guys about this. I'm still your best friend. But there are just things that because they involve other people and I have respect for other people that I'm just not going to post about, period. 
I think it too, in, in a way for me, um, and I don't mean this in a way to like talk shit about anybody on the internet. Like if I, it's a horrible thing. Like breakups are a horrible thing and breaking off an engagement is like really, it's, it's a, you have it's to intense. say goodbye to a life. Like mm-hmm. I had to say goodbye to like kids. I thought I was going to, to- right? Oh God. Yeah. It's ho- horrible. But for me, a part of me was like, what a cheap way to get likes. Mm, it's and true. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Like such an easy way. It was almost, it was, it's almost tacky of me. It's to, true. To, to do it's it. such a gimme. It's so, it's like such a cheap way of getting likes. You're absolutely right. It's like vulnerability porn. I, I call it vulnerability porn. And I really, I call it vulnerability porn in a way where I think that sometimes I look at stuff online and I'm like, I love that you shared that, but we didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it add to the conversation? I don't believe in a before and after pic. You will never know right. what I looked like before or what I was before. That's none of your business. But there, but if I, if I talk about my depression and I say I have depression, that's enough. I don't have to tell you about the horrible things, I how I put myself in danger for the mm-hmm. sake of like feeling something. You know what I mean? So that's not even your business, but I have depression and I understand. You know what I mean? Totally. Oh my God. I need to consult you before I do anything on the internet now because I'm like, these are healthy boundaries. You know why I, ha- why I learned boundaries? Why? Because I didn't have any. Right. When I started I'm like, what's this, a boundary? Yes. When I started this, I had zero, zero boundary. Like with the internet, I just thought, I thought who's going to see it? Is there anything you're like, shit, I fucking wish I hadn't shared that? No. No, I think it's just, um, no, I have a lot of, there's nothing on the internet now that I like cringe about. Mm -hmm. I think the only things are like, I feel like I lied a lot when it came to my ex because it was a really, I was in a really bad situation and I was, I didn't know what to do. Like I, I, the worst thing when you're in a toxic place with somebody too, like the worst thing to do is tell somebody because then you have to leave. Right. You know, that's why you stay silent. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, I look back at some photos and I'm like, this was the most miserable fucking day. And I look at the comments of the little girl saying like, when am I going to find mine? Or like, uh, this is, you guys are an inspiration. And I'm like, dude, you have no fucking idea. Like I, but you and every single other person on in the world that's in a relationship, we take this oath when we're in relationships that we think like, okay, this is my person. I have to protect our image. Also, like you said, you're afraid to tell your close friends or even the internet or whomever because you're afraid of what they'll say or what they'll think or if it actually is a red flag that you should not ignore. And it's like yeah. a very scary thing to open up your relationship to anyone, let alone I, thousands of people. There, there's there's so much that I want to – I think I'm going to write like a book about it, I, just about the like boundaries in certain situations, like beyond work but like dating. Like – I, I, I love that people are so empathetic and I love that people give so many chances. I really do. I feel like that's so amazing. And I do think it's brave. And I've given people many chances in my life. But if I could look at a girl and be like, if you caught him once, it wasn't the first time. And if you let it slide, it won't be the last. That sometimes, especially at a certain age, I'm not talking about a teenager. Fine. Right. Fine. Jared cheated on you. I'm sorry. You're not going to homecoming. Right. But there comes an age where like, baby, this is just who this person is. Where it's a personality trait. This is just who this is. This person, it doesn't, and I think women hold on so long because we're like, oh my God, um, what if he treats the next person better? I have news. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. Even if it looks like that on the internet, it's not happening. Wherever you go, there you are. Oh my God. 
please. Everywhere you go, you're right there with you. Yeah. And my grandma used to say to me, peace is so expensive. The moment, the moment you're going to sleep and you're like, what's on his phone or anything like that, you just paid a dollar. Wow. Like, and that really, my grandma has some fucking sayings. She used to I say, love that. She used to say, loving a cheating man is getting, uh, is working full time for a job you don't get paid for. It's true. You're constantly, you know what I mean? And, but that's, I feel like there are people, there's just a saying that we should tell people, right? What do you want? Because you deserve to have what you want, but so do I. And if it doesn't align, we should find what we want. You know? Yes. That's it. That's all yes. it is. And I just feel like we want different things. Like you have your husband. So obviously I think you guys pretty early on were like, we want the same things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to keep reevaluating it. because We're getting engaged. and You know, it's scary. It's like, okay, you're about to commit to someone. And I was getting so naggy and on him and just like, so mm-hmm. the way he chewed, the way everything, because I was like, the second that <laughs> okay. we get That's pretty mar- annoying. That's pretty annoying. I'm going to say it's fucking annoying. It's fucking annoying. Because, like, I felt like when we get married, the drawbridge closes. All incentive to improve, to change for the other person goes away because you're locked in. I felt like I'm going to my ivory tower and it's over. And, like, my fiance couldn't be further from that or whatever. But it's just, like, I do have a lot of admiration for people that are in the engaged time. World. Mm-hmm. World. The world. Because the community. In, world, the community. And break mm-hmm. it off because that time mm-hmm. is you are analyzing your relationship more than ever. For sure. Yeah. And so like if you don't feel right, it's better to do it now. It's easier to get a breakup than a divorce. Period. Oh my God. There was a saying that I kept telling myself, you know, would you be, rather be right or would you rather be together? Would you rather be right? Would you rather be together? And I kept making this person like so comfortable all the time. And it, but it was costing me discomfort. You know, I was trying and, uh, and I, I, there, I got to a point where I was like, I'd rather be right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, would you rather be right or together? And I'm like, you're asking yourself these questions that this person isn't thinking of. Yes. You know, and the manipulation after like, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's a, it's a very intense thing to do. And there was a while there. How about his family? Was there like? Probably. I mean, I think they were really excited. I think they were really excited. And I, and I, I mean, I love them, but totally. it just got to, Choose got to you. the point. I think, well, when I talked to them, they said, you know, I get it. Uh-huh. So there you go. There's your answer right there. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. But I think, I think there's, um. The hope that we have for a person is not the person. It's true. And who are you marrying? Are you marrying the hope that you have for that person? Or are you marrying the person that's laying next to you every night? You know, it's very different. No, but also like, imagine coming home. How do you feel? Imagine being home alone and the door unlocks and that person's coming home. How do you feel? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, when there's good news and you tell them. How do they react? You already know how they're going to react. You know what I mean? I cannot tell you like how how, the first night that I slept alone, like I was, I had to like learn how to sleep in the middle of the bed. Starfish it up. I was sad, of course. Right. But like I slept like a fucking baby because I wasn't worried. Mm -hmm. I I didn't have a, I, I had clocked out of my job, of my job. It was a full-time job. You know what I mean? It was a full-time job also. And this per like, I felt like um, 
you're there's a saying in Spanish like a parrot like um a parrot in dust like they clean off their wings uh -huh. in dirt and and they're making this big mess but they're staying in the same place. Mhm. Mm so they're not moving. They're making this big show but they're not moving forward. So it's like I that's kind of what it felt like and I feel like there's moments also in your 30s where like I want to have babies. I want to pop out some pups, dude. Um and I don't, and my mom says, if you, you cannot raise children with a man that you don't want the children to be like. True. True. Yo. Your mom needs to come on this podcast. I'm like, that's incredible. grandma. circles around me. My oh grandma, my yeah. God. That's incredible. Yeah. I love but that. The perfectionism thing, that's one, like with food and stuff too, like the way that you nourish your body affects the way that you love yourself and the, affects the way that you let people love you. And I had to learn that at 31. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That is, that sentence alone was worth doing this episode. So I just want to kind of get into like, just how the fuck do you make social media a tolerable place to be? Can you tell me the last time it sucked for you? The last time it's, it hasn't sucked for me in a long time because I don't let it. You know mm. what I mean? Weird because it sucked for me about an hour ago. I think I, one, you have to accept that you're going to be wrong. Like there's going to be, there's going to be times when you just, you make a bad call, you know, but I'm, and I'm not talking about like horrible things like racism. I'm talking about like, <laughs> like you post a stupid picture that doesn't get a lot of likes or, or you, um, or you make fun of Khloe Kardashian. Like uh -huh. I make fun of Khloe Kardashian and people are like, she's literally been called a fat sister. And you're like, yeah, that was kind of a dick move. You know, like you got to Right. Okay. Got it. And then and you can't like defend yourself being an asshole. You just got you know it. I mean, so yeah. sometimes you got to be like, you got to take it on the chin, you know? And then I think also if that envy thing, like when it comes to work, the body comparison, we don't, I don't even look like that. You right. know what I mean? Like, I know. Please. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like we doctor our own pictures, but then are convinced that everyone else doesn't have the app. Like, when I get the professional photos back, I'm just like, I don't know who she is. Yeah, we're catfishing everybody. But I like her. Yeah, me you too. Know? Yeah. So, but with uh, with goals and, like, careers, I feel like we're always seeing people celebrate stuff and we feel left behind. I used to feel that way all the time. Like, I used to look at stuff and be like, why wasn't I asked to do that? Like, why didn't I get that deal or whatever? And then one day, I looked in the mirror and I was like, being jealous, especially of another woman, is so tacky. Like... So tacky, so boring, so predictable. Like you're none of those things. And then you have to look in the mirror and be like, this person worked really hard to get X, Y, Z, whether it be a diploma, a promotion, uh, a brand deal. This person worked really hard to get X, Y, and Z. And, and I'm, happy, I'm happy for them that they're seeing, um, they're reaping the benefits, right? I'm happy for them. They deserve it. And you will too when it's your time, but you're happy for them. And you start saying that to yourself because that's the, re that's the real part. That's the part that makes you green is that you know that they worked hard for it, especially as a content creator. Are you fucking kidding but me? But that's an interesting perspective shift because my tactic, if we're being totally honest, mm -hmm. is to say, I know that they're like dad got them that or like I try to think of all the reasons or like they're friends with that person at that brand. So like it doesn't even matter all the disqualifying factors of the person to try mm. to make myself feel better. But because saying like that person worked so hard for it is a tough pill to swallow because you're like, fuck, like I'm working hard, you know, whatever. But that's really a so much healthier. Like, talk about vibration. Like, that's such a low vibration to think about all the reasons why they shouldn't have that. And it doesn't make you feel better. 
are you were do you sometimes get paranoid and insecure that people are um talking about your work ethic do you feel like sometimes people not about not necessarily i mean growing up the way i did like i think people will always mm-hmm. say like because of you know like she got this mm-hmm. because of that and i'm like very um cognizant of that like i very i i, I have no problem accepting that that opened a lot of doors for me like 150 yeah. percent. i wonder if you say that because it hurt you yeah i, I wonder th- if it worked yeah. it worked it did fuck with you totally it so you say it about other people yeah and it's not true it's not true at all no but it's so interesting because like i think that when i was growing up or even like in the present people said that about me i think that i've always accepted that and then been like okay but whatever it, whatever gets you through the door is not what keeps you in the building you know, like you got to right. work your ass off and do that shit. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting that you say that because when people disqualified me like that, because it's so easy, I would always be like, so Fuck, come on, be creative. Like, come up with yeah. something else. Like, it's Tacky. too, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, come yeah. up with something else. Like, it's so easy to say like, oh, she got that because of her dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy. It squashes. That's what shame does. It takes like an anvil to a pin instead of like mm-hmm. a hammer. And I think that I shame people in my head because I know how well it works. How well, yeah. And when it comes to the work ethic thing, work is everything to do with it. When we see people and they're public facing and it's so easy. So true. To say nepotism, baby. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. uh, But I can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, so I appreciate you saying that because like if I say it, everyone's like, she's part of the club. Can you imagine somebody saying that to Emma Roberts? Right. Imagine. Right. She works her fucking ass off. Yeah, like Zoe Kravitz, James Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there – exactly. Like I think there's a – the conversation of privilege is important, but it's also like for me when people are like talking shit about Kendall Jenner, I'm like, I would have ran with it too, babe. Are you fucking kidding me? I would have ran with it. Like I – but the reason that people talk shit about it is because – Right. They can't. Right. You know? And that's it. The way that we talk about people, the way that we absorb people, it's everything is a mirror. And I feel like all the time. I always say that. I always say no one can talk to you kinder or meaner than meaner. they talk to themselves. However horrible, like whatever venom is spewing from their mouth or their fingers that they're typing, they talk to themselves 10 times worse. I did the Brangelina. I did a Brangelina series. And I mean, it happened. 20 years ago I think yeah I think Shiloh's 21 or something insane Surrey Cruz is 16 oh Jesus I know so it happened so long ago right and I talk about these things that are so long ago because of the benefit of hindsight right so then I'm I, I did this series and I'm looking at the comments and people are talking about Angelina Jolie as if like they know her and I was talking to my mom about it and I was like I realized that we've all been cheated on. And the women in my comments can't say, fuck season, Susan Rodriguez. Right. But they can't they say, say, fuck Angelina Jolie. Everything is a projection. Everything. Everything. And so once you know that, and once you can feel happy for people, why would the internet be bad? It's so true. I was watching Love is Blind last night, of course. But I'm late. It. I'm really late. I was watching, I'm watching season two. And that guy, Shake, He's like, I want a girl I can throw on my shoulders at festival season. I was like, vomit. Okay, like worst thing ever. But then they asked him how he felt about his body. And he was like so painfully insecure 
just like couldn't even hide it couldn't even pretend that he like felt remotely good about himself and i was like oh you just treat other it's it just bleeds you know what i mean like what however you feel on the inside it's life is a mirror the world is a mirror yeah it's a hot girl meter if hot girls like me i must be cool totally but like you don't pay so much attention to other people's bodies unless you're paying so much attention to your own to yours i know the first thing i look at when i meet somebody is look at their thighs Mm-hmm. of course i look at their nose because I'm insecure about my nose but I literally I literally think that and I come and it's not to judge theirs it's to compare mine to them of course and it's so stupid but sometimes I I don't do it much anymore but when I catch myself I'm like that's crazy like the the things that you imprint on your brain like there are things that you'll never forget so I wonder how many things I do that I don't even know that I could change or that are habitual you know and social media is like a distraction from that. But I also think social social media is a great – It social media can enhance the human connection. It cannot – it will never replace it. That's up to you. That's up to you to remain as human as possible. I you love know? that. I love that. Okay. I could literally keep talking to you for four fucking years, but I have to yes. end this so you can go on with your day. But <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you so much. All right, that's it from us this week. Thank you guys so, so much for listening and welcome back to all of us. I'm so excited that we're all reunited finally and we're not going anywhere for many weeks. So new episodes every Tuesday with incredible women. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear the rest of this season. I think you're gonna love it. But in the meantime, DM me. I'm always on fucking Instagram. So find me there or you can text me. There's a number on my profile as well. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Bye.